0: Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is one dot com, and it is indeed beautiful this morning. Uh, you're, you're looking pretty good. You, you, you're looking great. Let me see what. Yeah, you open up. Oh, good. Uh, this is Patrick Timponi. We're going to have some fun this morning. Ray Pete will be here in about an hour and a half, and uh, he's a PhD, and he's one of our go-to guys when we talk about health. Uh, in all aspects, we have lots of emails, and we're gonna to get to as many as we possibly can. It's gonna be up and running again. We had our first show yesterday after a couple of weeks of Mercury in retrograde heaven, and uh, uh, it was almost good. Uh, my sound on my microphone sounded like I was in a, in a puddle, but other than that, it was okay, so uh, we apologize for that. But I think I got the mic back working, kinda sorta, still tweaking it, when we put the new equipment in, it changed everything. And you know how that is when you reboot your life. And we're kind of trying to reboot our lives here and figuring out how to just stay out of the matrix. And that's what we do here at One Radio Network. And the matrix is getting goopier as a day by day. So we thought we'd visit with a, a gentleman who we like having on the show. He's just fun to talk to. His name is Matthew Errett. He's an investigative journalist, a historian, a nice guy. He writes a lot of stuff. I don't know what coffees he, he's on, but he should, maybe he'll turn us on. He's co-founder of the Rising Tide Foundation and Canadian Patriot Review, published all kinds of scientific articles. He's a pretty geeky guy when it comes to, you know, um, you know when it just comes to history and uh, how he got here, and we have, so we have a lot to talk about. And a, uh, he lives in Canada. He was in the, uh, you know, he got involved in the truckers thing. He went and reported on that, and we showed you that video. And uh, now, of course, we have the whole Ukraine thing to talk about. Mr. Matthew, good morning to you, sir.
1: Good day to you, good sir.
0: <laughs> you're looking pretty snappy there in your white shirt. Boy, I like it.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: You sure you're not a banker? or is it no? no, you're not a banker.
1: No, it's just a white shirt. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, before we uh, dig into uh, the Ukraine thing, uh, a while back, it wasn't too long ago, it seems like a long time, you went into... Uh, the truckers deal and did some reporting we, we streamed a video that you had it was pretty cool just give me your overall impression of what you found there when you when you visited the, the truckers thing matthew
1: well yeah i'm yeah sure i mean i i didn't believe it with my own eye or with my own ears uh just simply hearing that this convoy had arrived in ottawa and i i'd never as i mentioned to you uh, last month uh when we were talking about this um i didn't really ever see any examples of anything particularly revolutionary occurring in Canada that wasn't a PSYOP uh, or some intelligence connected operation. (laughs) Um, So I really had to go there and just see with my own eyes. And when I did, I was I was pleasantly surprised. And I I do think, though, that um, I mean, people have seen the videos, I'm sure, of Viva Fry. There was many other podcasters streaming live, and it was a very inspiring experience of a lot of love, a lot of people from all over uh, Canada, different, different provinces, all congeal. Uh, together um for a very festive very celebratory experience but one that had very strict and very serious demands regarding the lifting of the mandates um which have really destroyed so many lives um which is i mean as of today me talking to you now um i can tell you that even though the federal government has not removed the emergency i mean there was a threatened application of an emergency measures act to which justified a certain violent crackdown um, and other illegal activity or unjust activity um, involving the freezing of bank accounts of those who had donated more than like 40 or 50 bucks to the truckers or even people who were arrested just for simply being there. Uh, many trucks were destroyed. Um, I mean, all of the windows were were busted as punishment for many of the people who were there. Tow, uh, tow truck companies were threatened with Uh, massive fines if they didn't actually tow the trucks, which they had refused to do for weeks and weeks. Um, So there was a a violent uh, crackdown and again, it did get violent. There was, uh, you know, pepper spray, uh, gas, uh, people were hit by cops, uh, run over by horses, including an old woman in a walker uh, who was an, you know, an indigenous First Nations um, woman you know, despite that the Emergency Measures Act was not continued um, due to a variety of things. uh, In some cases, I think you had some senators who were uh, going on the offensive Mm -hmm. who said they will not support something which involves secret information with secret um, uh, intelligence that only those inducted into the Privy Council of the Queen have the right to know, Mm. which they said was was wrong. And they went and blew, blew the whistle on the fact that this is not Open or legitimate evidence. The other thing was, uh, I think there was a big bank run that had set into play. I, I know a lot of people directly uh, who removed all of their funds from their bank accounts, and I think this could have set off a tr- or triggered a chain reaction blowout of the, the the Canadian banking system. Which, just like the American uh, s- banks, we are not in a good place. It's it's a speculative bubble upon bubble upon bubble of imaginary, illus- illusory wealth which is being held together by a bunch of unpayable debts. And so to have a bank run at this point, I think was bad timing. I'm not saying that the oligarchy does not have a a financial blowout built into their calculus, but the timing was absolutely not correct. So I think they had to pull back on a lot of this stuff. And ultimately on the provincial level, most of the mandates have indeed been lifted. Huh. Uh, the demands of those truckers, which is more than the truckers. I mean, this is hundreds of thousands of Canadians came out and gave their support. And you could just see, you know, all along the highways, people, their families who couldn't necessarily come to Ottawa, provide their like massive, massive turnouts of support across every single major city and province. Um, and even today, you you have still protesters in Ottawa. You have uh, side groups that have sprung up in various provincial legislatures um various protests still happening but the the mandates for the most part have been lifted the thing that they're trying to do today is to tell people it had nothing to do with that <laughs> that weird thing that happened in ottawa we just chose That's right. to just lift the mandates now <laughs>
0: and, and nothing to because. do with to do with those guys no is, no is, 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 you know is it pretty um pretty uh accurate or do you tell me that uh you know there's so much been written about uh, davos and schwab and That whole crowd there controlling Trudeau. You think that's that's the deal, Matthew?
1: Most certainly. Yeah. I mean that that's I think that's become increasingly common knowledge for anybody who's looking at this um or looking in this direction of the Great Reset, um, which is a large number of people, especially over the past two years, I didn't know the name of Klaus Schwab (laughs) in 2019. It was just not on my radar. Me neither. Even though I had this this type of material. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, I just didn't pay attention to that. Um, I wasn't looking at bio labs. I wasn't looking at uh, biological warfare as a whole or any of that stuff. It just wasn't on my radar, as it was for many people. So the past two years have been a sharp learning curve uh, for quite a few people. And I, I think when you do look at uh, the penetration, as Klaus creepy, creepily likes to call it, into the various government cabinets of the world. Uh, yeah, no doubt the list of those who have been indoctrinated as World Economic Forum Young Leaders or in various parties, especially in the Liberal Party, but also in the NDP, some in the Conservatives, which are the three big parties in Canada, they're all over the place. And that's true what he said um, about that. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, the fact that we have people like Christia Freeland, who is a world economic Forum trustee, a very high level uh, mercenary, I I think of her as sort of a mercenary for the the technocratic elite, Um, self-professed. Elite. I I don't like calling them that, but anyway, Uh, or Mark Carney, another uh, World Economic Forum trustee, former governor of the Bank of England, Goldman Sachs man, former governor of the Bank of Canada and the climate activist of central bankers. That's how he's conveyed or the image of him is conveyed by his fellow central banking um, zombies uh, as the climate warrior. So, um, yep. these are people, he's based in Ottawa, and these are people who have a large, uh, a, a lot of clout when it comes to what policies will be enacted, um, specifically in regards to COVID response, as well as broader climate change mitigation, decarbonization policies, uh, yeah. and everything that goes with it. Is which is pretty comprehensive. Yeah.
0: I saw an article this morning uh, suggesting that uh, Canada was really... Uh, on fast track for this central bank digital currency thing in Canada
1: yeah 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 there's a couple of bills in Parliament right now which uh uh are, are pretty much trying to bring in the or will bring in if they are not defeated um a universal basic income program, Mm -hmm. um, which everyone I think listening has a sense at this point is tied directly to a form of technocratic social credit, which they would like to bring online, um, at some point as a integrative part of the, the great reset, um, tying people's behavior to whether they can get credits to support their, uh, basic needs, paying rent, buying food, having your driver's license, Mm uh, approved. And so having the digital ID, we're seeing a pilot program being floated in Ontario. Uh, pretty soon, I think is what they, they want to have this thing online, which is, I mean, it seems on the surface to be benign. Um, you know, oh, yeah, how convenient I could just have my ID verification so much easier. And I don't have to have my passport, my driver's license and my medical medical card. I could just have it all on my, my, my cell phone. Yeah. Great with like, I don't know, some encrypted uh, password. Um, how convenient? Um, no, there. when you actually look at those who have have crafted this and have this same idea applied to Ukraine, to, which has already been moving in that direction even faster than Canada um, and a variety of countries all over the transatlantic. Um, no, that their general idea is to modify radically global uh, behavior in conformity with the needs of those who who when you you know are a little bit too excited about depopulation uh, to make <laughs> that you that was
0: very kind of you the way you said that, that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and a little bit is too excited
0: with, about depopulation I like the way you put that
1: they're a little bit too giddy about that yeah when you listen yeah. to, <laughs> to somebody's you, you know and, and with
0: the digital thing too I mean there's as you as you, as you so uh, eloquently said the 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 uh, um, The potential there of just saying, Patrick, you know, you really shouldn't be buying too much pizza because your cholesterol level is high. I mean, you know, they could do this kind of stuff, you know, once they control where you, you know, if you bought into it, which I'm not going to do. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? They could control anything where you spend the money, how you spend it, how much.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the imagination, it's a, it's a wide open playing field sure. here. But when you get yeah. into the, the shoes of one of these um, control freaks, and these are, I mean, the, the people who have been processed through the golden collar, they think of themselves the golden collar class, the Davos men and women, the Davos creatures, which is just a superior species <laughs> than the average, you know, dirty human, the the the. the you know, a member of the lower useless classes, Yuval Harari, the the world economic form uh, philosopher king of Klaus Schwab, likes to call it. Uh, he's like, what do we do with the global useless class, which will be made irrelevant under the age of uh, of the fourth industrial revolution? Uh, what do we do? Uh, obviously, we have to. We can't kill them, can we? <laughs> um, but but we can certainly, you know give them ubi universal basic income you know under certain conditions um and so yeah like these people uh they don't really have a limit to what type of sadistic uh demands they can fathom you know they're they're already some of the, the ideas they just float on the world economic forum uh website they have a lot of like just big ideas they just float around just to see how people respond you know and some of these things involve uh, promoting um, how we can become fully sustainable. I've seen one article uh, published on there re- regarding something to do with like how we could finally have a soil and green type of situation where people, because you know we're really no different from vegetables. Really, we're all just made of atoms. So, so is a car- there's carbon in a banana and, and a and a and a broccoli, and, and there's carbon in us. So, carbon is carbon is carbon, right? It's all the same thing. So, we eat bananas and broccoli. Why can't we just think about you know? using grandma for fertilizer or maybe going a little bit further and just keeping a nice closed equilibrium system of sustainability that way as, as part of our dietary uh, patterns, yeah. you know, yeah. we wouldn't do that right away. They're, they are already, you know, promoting in certain uh, parts of the U S uh, liberal parts of the U S um, programs to, uh, to use dead corpses uh, in, in fertilizer, yeah. um, which is I think just one step closer to that. Um, Eating bugs, for example, as well. You might be rewarded for eating bugs instead of having a steak or, or something which is considered unsustainable that gives off too methane too much methane when a when a when a cow farts, you know? Yeah. And that's supposed to be and causing whole, global warming.
0: There is a war on meat, boy. They they're really going after it. Uh uh and I, I suspect we're gonna see more of a that idea. Uh and uh yeah. now they got a big uh chicken flu bird flu thing, and, you know, I don't trust that, you know, and they're killing 25 million birds, uh, chickens in this country, claiming it's some, catching some, you know, these people are crazy, uh, uh, but you've, you've argued, we, we've we talked to you a lot, by the way, we're talking with Matthew Arrett, if you care to join the show, you can uh, do our 800 and, uh, toll-free line and ask him a question, or ask him where he got that beautiful white shirt at 888-663-6386 email patrick1radionetwork.com but this crowd or this this genre of people the Klaus Schwabies uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because we want to jump to Russia and Ukraine because there's a lot to talk about but this crowd has been around Matthew for a long time haven't they and they've been building up to this and the Rothschilds and the Freemasons and whatever right they've yeah, it's it's just, but just uh, kind of uh, give us a short synopsis of of, yeah. of of this so people understand that this is just not something yeah. that popped up in 2019.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, Klaus Schwab was the person who had, who was used or recruited to uh, be the front man for the the World Economic Forum, which had a different name. I'm forgetting what it was in 1971. January was when it was officially uh, uh, created, um, but again. A lot of people treat him like he is the center command point himself, this, you know, uh, perfectly sovereign Dr. Evil. And no, when you actually look at this, this individual's particular biography, what are the structures that he operates or interacts with? Um, he was never his own man. He, I, he really is a cardboard cutout of sorts. Um, I mean, he believes he's really into what he's doing. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's being held hostage against his will or something. Um But he's a a prodigy of certain people who are a little bit closer to a a controlling node. Um, But you're dealing with sort of uh, zombies upon zombies, like people who are indoctrinated and deployed to carry out a policy, which is not their own, but they happen to have certain attributes, character traits, which make them um, uh, useful, useful tools as part of an oligarchical toolbox. Um, but his, his mentor directly was Henry Kissinger. He was processed wow. and, and selected by Kissinger, who was teaching at Harvard while Klaus Schwab was studying there in 1966-67. Um, he was part of a family. You know, they, they like people who are already parts of uh, useful families um, because it. I think it sort of contributes to their ego, their ability to be a part or want or, or adapt to a system that their parents were a part of as well mm-hmm. it's just it, it, it doesn't mean you have to be part of um a mercenary family uh or a legacy family but it it helps let's just say you know yeah. Yeah. and it doesn't make you a bad person just by being a part of a legacy mercenary family sometimes there's all sorts of case studies of kids who decided to live a normal life or even do good things occasionally you know like the the kennedy family is a good example of that yeah The grandfather, Papa, you know, uh, Joe Kennedy, a lot of bad things. But you could see that the the sins of the father do not intrinsically pass down to the sins of the the son. And uh, his kids were horrified by what their father was participating with, uh, with JP Morgan, the fascist machine, and all that stuff. And they did something very different with their lives. Um, But all that to say so, Klaus Schwab had Henry Kissinger as a mentor. Kissinger himself was. a disciple and a, and a prodigy of, of a Rhodes Scholar at, at uh, Harvard earlier on called William Yandel Elliott, who uh, this gets us more, I think, at the heart of really the, the agency controlling the takeover of the USA since the this 19th century is the, these Rhodes Scholars. So Yandel Elliott was part of an army that had been processed in the corridors of Oxford, uh, paid for on the dime of, uh, of Cecil Rhodes and his will which accumulated a lot of money tied up with also some Nathaniel Rothschild money uh, to create a, a giant trust fund that funded the, the brainwashing of selected students around the world in Oxford and then deployed back to carry out kind of like a secret society or, or as mm-hmm. Rhodes called it, a, a cult, a, a church of the British Empire yeah. um, throughout the entire 20th century.
0: Yeah, like Clinton and that was coordinated John by Kerry. think tanks. But yeah, Clinton. John, John Kerry. Kerry wasn't a part of that. I act, thought he was a Rhodes history, scholar. Um, oh, no, he was a Bones guy, wasn't he? John Bones Carey,
1: guy. Bones yeah, he Bones was guy. a Bones guy. Clinton was. But you know, they yeah. use. There's a lot of overlap uh, mm-hmm. with these, you know, agencies. And uh, one of the coordinating think tanks, the the sort of queen of modern think tanks, uh, was another Rhodes scholar, Rhodes trust funded operation that was first called the Roundtable Movement, mm-hmm. and then it changed its name. Um, after World War I uh, to the Royal Institute for International Affairs in London with a, an American branch set up at that same 1919 meeting in, in, in Paris that was people like uh, Warburg uh, I think both Warburg brothers German and American were both there Jacob Schiff was there uh, Leo Amory the leading roundtabler next to uh, Lord Milner at the time was, was all part of this big meeting the american branch was called the council on foreign relations and that was officially set up in 1921 and that's this is what hillary clinton calls the uh, the mother (laughs) ship in that creepy 2011 uh speech you could you could watch on youtube even um so there's these these higher um agencies these think tanks that just coordinate global policy there's a branch in canada a branch in australia a branch in south africa um which all sort of maintain a a common orientation and coordination to the same objective which is ultimately what cecil rhodes put forth in his 1877 will which is sort of the manifesto the constitution of this organization um which is the ultimate undoing of the American Revolution, the recapturing of the rebellious colonies, the reinstatement of a global British empire, but maybe under a new veneer, but with the same effect, um, and ultimately controlled or beholden to the same royal bloodlines, the same families, which are part of the old black nobility of Europe. I'm not talking about the Shaka Zulu here. I mean, the old European inbred uh, nobility um, that goes back to the the days of the Roman Empire in Babylon, wow. which have been sort of maintaining. Sometimes there's some backstabbing. I mean, you see evidence of some families sometimes uh, getting getting pushed aside and their trust or fondy being taken over by a slightly more wily or, or clever family. Um, other times, new families are kind of brought in young blood yeah. sometimes to just replenish the gene pool or maybe just get some new new vitality in there occasionally. But that doesn't happen often. Um, and usually even there, you'll find a bit of a glass ceiling like the Rothschilds family is a good example. People are like, oh, yeah, the Rothschilds run the world. No, that's a new family. They were brought in the in the mid 18th, 18th century. This is not an old family at all. They were just, you know, uh, the patriarch was a coin dealer who had certain sociopathic talents and attributes and was recruited to do certain tasks. He did them well. He was given more responsibilities to do more tasks. He did them well. And he didn't. He was not bothered by conscience, um, and so he was awarded um, at a certain point a certain dynastic privilege, whereby his kids would be promised certain, um, you know, uh, wealth and certain responsibilities to the degree that they they continued to be beholden to their masters who like getting other people to do dirty work. You know, these are these are these inner families don't enjoy getting their hands dirty. So they need these types of Mm -hmm. willful families that they then create as little mini minor nobility, minor princelings, you know, but are ultimately disposable. They're not themselves the control center or command structure. And they have a glass ceiling that they can't, you know, marry, marry above into a lot of these Jewish families who are used as banking families themselves are more than willing to kill Jews as much as they're willing to do any other kill other, any other race uh, if they're told to by their, their masters wow. and they're not allowed to marry up to contaminate the higher uh, so-called uh, bloodlines, the pure, <laughs> the pure breeds.
0: <laughs> which well, is fascinating how deep it goes and you just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, I, I heard two names that were kind of familiar to me uh, Matthew Warburg and Schiff and they were uh, intimately involved in the Federal Reserve uh, formulation back in uh, what 1920, what was it? Um, 1913. 1913.
1: Uh, 1913,
0: yeah. 13, yeah they, they, they put together the Federal Reserve. So then these boys have been, are in, are meet and sit with, and they're all involved with the big corps, uh, maybe big pharma, uh, military industrial complex, and all the banking, right? And this is how they, they have their power and control mm-hmm Part yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah that's right
0: yeah that's all they have the wow and then they own yeah. all the media and then they run that thing and they just party down huh, and see what they can get away with
1: well it's a game of perception yeah they yeah. they really they're really obsessed with this idea of i mean plato exposed this so well in uh, book seven of the republic in the allegory of the cave where he just, he laid it bare. He laid it completely naked, the entire structure of how this empire, what is their, how do they operate? How do they see themselves? And um, I think everyone is somewhat familiar with the the allegory of the cave and the structure of how the masses are generally can be thought of as those who have been, um, who have grown up shackled with their faces forced to only stare at a cave wall and the shadows cast upon that wall with certain associated sounds with the shadows which they think they've been led to believe is reality. And he paints the image of how um, what is casting those shadows are essentially the the higher level oligarchs, right? Uh, Or the higher level managers who are carrying around. They have a a fire that they use with certain puppetry to cast the shadows. And again, it's a bumpy cave wall, right? And the, the senses of the eyes and the ears are just sort of inferring what, Is the meaning behind the shadows and people are coming up with definitions they're building careers they're becoming lawyers and other things based upon uh, agreed upon terms of certain shadow patterns and certain sounds but they have no bearing in reality it's just an illusion and it's you know he gives the example of one person who happens to find himself out broken free of his shackles And makes his way out of the cave past those casting the puppets they don't see him and he finds his way to the light and he leaves and see all of a sudden he's outside and there's trees and birds and sun and uh plato describes how this person's immediate reaction is pain right their eyes are not accustomed to this their first reaction is to go back to their comfort zone inside the cave but he you know he describes how the person will stay outside and slowly adjust their eyes to appreciate Reality for what it is, and start looking at the light of the sun instead of the, the poor uh, counterfeit inside the cave. And at a certain point, um, one begins to feel if you're a true philosopher king, because he says it doesn't mean it's it doesn't make you not a philosopher king, but it, it doesn't make a true philosopher, a true lover of wisdom, just by being out of the cave. That that's not it, because Socrates then says you have to go back in the cave when you start realizing that your love of your fellow uh, humans. And the tragedy that is befalling them by their by their pitiful um, existence inside the cave, where their true their true selves and their their true ability to appreciate and know themselves hmm. is so destroyed. You want to go in. The true philosopher will want to go in and uh, and try to figure out how do you help people see that their the cave their senses are giving them an illusion. They have to learn to see through their 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 higher uh, faculties, their, wow. their 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 sense of wisdom, their sense of reason. And uh, that might mean that you get killed. He even says that in the book, you know, they might want to kill you, rip you to pieces because you're challenging them on such a deep level. But you do it anyway. Um, And you find your happiness doing that, um, which is what Plato was doing himself in Athens itself in real time, which was decaying by the sophists. Those who were, you know, being deployed by the cults of Delphi and cult of Apollo um, or the cult of apollo at delphi which was sort of the 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 center of command of the uh cultural warfare of it, of ancient athens that was running the different sophists that were training the the elites to become liars who would just use the the rhetoric as the art of persuasion or shaping perceptions instead of a love of truth so the sophists were d- just those who uh, professed to have wisdom sophists right Soph Sof- sophia uh, whereas the philosopher is not a sophist. The philosopher is the lover of Sophia, the Sophia. That's different. You don't just use words to spin them to to uh, get people to like you or to follow you. You do use, use words because you care about the truth uh, more than anything else. So the point that you're willing to take what Socrates took, which was poison, right? By the judicial edict of the democracy, the Democratic Party of Athens, which voted to kill him because of some slanders that he was corrupting the minds of the youth and he said you know he was willing to accept the the death of his body because the 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 health of his soul which was immortal was more valuable and he knew that if he if he succumbed he could get out of it he could escape you know the uh drinking the hemlock his friend uh what was his name credo had had bribed the guards Right before the night before he's going to kill them, the guards were okay, looking the other way, and 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 allowing him to get off and go to Syracuse, where he could live out his days a uh, happy old man, you know, with keeping his mouth yeah. shut. This is, um,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. It really. Uh, you, I can tell that you just get um, fascinated by this digging deep in this way, way back, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's a trip, right, to really understand yeah. it. That it just it 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 just floats your boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it gives meaning to the whole thing, right? It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you don't have that historical, I guess that that perspective mm-hmm. that you build in your mind, it becomes a bit more daunting uh to mm-hmm. just look at just how bad it is in some ways in our in our immediate backyard here in this part of the world. All right. Um, it's just it's very it's kind of demoralizing. And uh and and when you take a historical uh look at things and, and set it in context, you're like, Well, this is not that bad like human beings have had it much worse than we have it even now um we've been through dark ages like i, I when you look at the the conditions of life of people living through a dark age in europe
0: they were oh really my god going
1: for it. it's or the collapse of rome i mean when when that really started just completely melting down that was insane mad Max stuff right there yeah. um so it makes you appreciate in some ways that we actually have more to work with than we than we realize. Oh, that's
0: great. Matthew Arad is yeah. with us, Patrick Timpone, com, And uh, we're going to do a break and then we're going to dig into uh, that world called uh, Russia, Ukraine and see what Matthew's take is on all of that. So... Stay right there.
2: For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now, I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining, so people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process. Process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Mm, Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too.
0: Really, really nice product. And uh, we have it on sale right now at uh, 20%. And I think it's called Restore, I think the, the promo I'm just having a little technical issue here. Sorry, let me let me regroup. It's a restore... Let me grab... i got to change something here. Hold on a second. Ah, Sorry, i got to do this live, but what am I going to do? we got this hum, and the only way I can deal with it is deal with it when it's on the air because I can't hear it otherwise. Nothing worse than a hum. Testing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Testing 1, 2... Okay, that's pretty good. (laughs) I guess we'll go with that right now. Okay, all right. We'll do that and then do the rest off the air. Yeah, it is uh, Restore20. Restore20. Or just Restore, sorry. Just Restore, just Restore, R-E-S-T-O-R-E. It is uh, 20% off on all colostrum products. And we have strawberry now and vanilla. And chocolate and cool stuff. And the and the uh, original flavor. So we got original, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry now. All colostrum products twenty percent off. Twenty percent off. So it's really a cool thing, uh, to check. Why do I still have Matthew on there? <laughs> I'll get my act together here someday. Anyway, it's a it's a great uh uh a great sale going on right now. It's the biggest sale of the year, actually. Now, this is not working. Biggest sale of the year, 20% restore. There you go. Okay. I think I got it now. Um uh, let me let me have Patrick Flanagan tell you about this little guy here. This you'll like it. This conversation goes back seven years with Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Listen. And then I discovered uh,
1: that Hunza water also contained negative ionized hydrogen, which is a source of biological electrons. When we're young, we have enzymes in our body called dehydrogenase, and the purpose of dehydrogenase is to, Lift off hydrogen ions from the foods we eat and, and their purpose is to create NADH,
0: which is a chemical that acts as a shuttle in the mitochondria for producing uh, all the energy in our body, adenosine triphosphate. And
1: when people take this, it, it causes DNA repair. It heals the body from uh, all kinds of oxygen-free radicals. It also helps the body recover from damage from radiation.
0: Well, we certainly want some of this stuff, right? Check out our AquaCure machine. AquaCure machine on oneradionetwork.com, lifetime warranty, and along with a lifetime warranty, a one-year, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. If you don't like your results, breathe the gas, bubble the water, Listen to what Dr. Flatigan has to say about this and others. The Aqua Cure Machine on OneRadioNetwork.com. Use promo code OneRadio, 10% discount. Thank you, Patrick. Oh, I recognize that guy. Yeah, I think you'll, uh, uh, you'll find this a fascinating uh, tool to put in your toolkit and uh, keep you young and snappy and uh, it's a food, it's just a, it's just a, a wonderful uh, nutrient that you can, uh, you can dig into. So, check it out. It's on our website. 20% off now on oneradionetwork.com. 20% off. Uh, use promo code one radio. We're with Matthew Arrett, and here we go back. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. Well, Mr. Matthew Arrett is with us, uh, Canadianpatriot.org. So, um, I guess. I guess the one, well, the two, the two main viewpoints uh, with Ukraine and Russia is that uh, Putin is evil incarnate Hitler and he wants to take over Russia, uh, take over Ukraine and just expand and whatever, take over the world. And the other one is is that Ukraine is filled up with a bunch of their own Nazis. They got biolabs and, uh, and uh, Putin... Doesn't want NATO at his borders for obvious reasons, that kind of thing. So, uh, give us your take, and you just elaborate as much as you want on this thing. And uh, I want to ask some questions, but so you really look into this, right? I mean, you really do. What do you think? What's going on? Whoops! Oh yeah.
1: I'm much more. I'm much more partial to the second of those two hypotheses. Okay. <laughs> I think the evidence uh, supports very, very concretely anybody who chooses to uh, su- to adopt that second hypothesis. Um, basically, yeah, the way I tend to think about it is, um, or explain this to people, is that uh, we never really won World War II. I think Putin is in many ways, not just in Ukraine, but more broadly part of... Um, a fight to finally try to uh, win World War II. And people obviously are like, well, what are you talking about? That was 80 years ago. Uh, we certainly beat the Nazis. They're not running the world anymore, are they? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about Klaus Schwab and what he was a part of um, a little bit, um, but I <clears throat> we didn't tie that directly to um, what is it that created the the rise of fascism in the 1920s, 30s, And uh, and specifically World War Two, because here's where we start getting at the the nitty gritty and the the darker reality that we have to look at if we're going to understand or make sense of our current problems or what to do about them in our current age. Um, There's two levels to this. There's those who carried out dirty, dirty deeds um, during World War Two and those who funded them um and and created sort of the the macro strategies that were deployed and utilized by the fascists in italy and especially the ones in germany um <clears throat> so on one level if you just look at yeah we a few nazis were killed or hung at nuremberg a few japanese fascists who carried out uh, genocidal programs against the chinese in world war ii 10 million chinese were killed in world war ii right um, a few were were executed by the Russians, the Japanese, the the Americans tackled the, the Nuremberg trials primarily, um, but how many did not? I mean, there were a few. These were expendable people, lower level uh, operators. But if you look at people like um, Reinert Reinhard Yellen, the the head of Nazi intelligence for Hitler, he was weaponized and reinstated with his entire Galen organization after World War II by Alan Dulles, who was then running the CIA, and installed him as the head of West German intelligence, where he remained until 1968 or 69. Um, And after he left, his organization continued to operate in very high levels of command structures throughout uh, the intelligence agencies. This was also tied very closely to the Operation Gladio. The, uh, the utilization of Nazi and fascist uh, stay-behinds that were never punished or never reconstructed after World War II, but were utilized as tools of the Anglo-American intelligence agencies to fight uh, the Soviets in the course of the entire Cold War. And everything was justified right in the course of the Cold War, mm-hmm. um, including terrorist activities. Operation Gladio operated in every single European country. There were outlets, branches of it, also inside of the USA itself. Um that that again, carried out cells of terrorists that didn't themselves understand what they were doing or how they were being used or deployed to create terror. They had their own indoctrination that that drove them, but they were being coordinated by intelligence agency operatives. This has been books have been written about this. There's a good documentary on BBC that was published in 1992. Um, there's a low res version people could watch by Alan Frank Franco Frankovich. Um, who uh, died in 1997? But he was a good director. Um, and just Google Gladio, BBC 1992 in YouTube. You could watch this low resolution, but otherwise very good quality documentary, going through how the, how this thing worked. The assassination of statesmen who were um, seemed to be problematic to the the agenda of this globalist uh, you know hive that wanted to get rid of nation states. They wanted to undo the the Judeo-Christian ethic that that saw human life as being sacred, that saw technology mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. science as being uh, integral to overcoming the limits to growth. Because if you don't have the, the idea that we are a species of mind, which resonates to the universe by scientific Eureka's breakthroughs, right? That allow us to constantly leap above the limits to growth that other animal species are bounded by um if you don't have that sense then it's impossible to refute the malthusians those who say oh we're overpopulated we have to reduce okay. so this, our uh,
0: this really ties into the whole globalist agenda uh, driving this ukraine thing right this oh yeah 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 this because really this is the ties thing into right when what you... these people want so so let's get, into, yeah. get in get present day cuz i have a, a lot of questions so it okay. almost feels like what we got what we have here is um, uh, you know the Davos crowd in NATO and the United States and Europe versus Russia, China, maybe India and Iran? Is that is that close to what you what is possibly going on in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean every country has fifth columns and deep states, but yeah, Russia, India, and uh, Iran hmm. and China. Um, India's is. Is doing like well so out.
0: far. Yeah,
1: they've, they've, yeah, they're they're a mixed bag. They, yeah. They're part their parliamentary democracy, which was largely shaped by by British intelligence after the British partitioned uh, India to Pakistan in 1947. Right. They right. they still have a lot more agency, um, sort of making it difficult to carry out uh, unified national policy in in harmony with their true national interests. But they've been making right decisions over the past several months. So uh,
0: there's mm-hmm. no reason to believe is there that that putin is going to retreat at this point no i mean mind? this
1: i if you look at the again the, the unreconstructed nazis in ukraine there's second third generation um um freaks who have been deployed and are being have been used especially since 2014 when the u.s managed a putin. staged coup that yep. overthrew a, a pro, pro-russian government of yanukovych yeah, um a lot of the dirty work was carried out by Forces like the Azov Battalion, uh, funded by this billionaire Igor, Igor uh, Kolomoysky,
0: who's the uh, one
1: <laughs> Kolomoski, yeah, these these Slavic names always get me. Yeah. But uh, but this is like a group funded openly by him. He's also the the key oligarch that has funded the career of Zelensky um, from the get go. Right? He's a this because people are wondering, well, but Zelensky is Jewish. How could a Jewish president allow for influences of of nazism surely putin must be lying about denazifying ukraine um no he's he's yes he's jewish but he's he's a he's more than jewish he's a puppet who will just dance to the tune i mean there's pictures of him dancing with high heels and leather bound uh, gimp suits um for, sure. for for like a monkey for his masters you know on tv
0: so so, so the globalists so, are telling Zelensky what to do and what are they telling him in your opinion
1: well, I mean, Zelensky is Zelensky. He's His job has been to try to uh, integrate, which has always been the objective, is to get NATO
0: yeah.
1: uh, to uh, to absorb Ukraine and also Georgia, which has suffered their own Soros-funded CIA-controlled opera- uh, color revolutions since 2003 yeah. with Saakashvili. Yeah. Um, so part of it is to, to that, to do that, to rewire the Ukrainian, uh, system to uh, be absorbed into the EU and, uh, and ultimately to be a part of, or a, 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 driving force of the, um, the Davos great reset agenda, having, you know, um, um, they're, u- they want to use right. Ukraine partially as a pilot project
0: but, but how are for they digital currencies. I mean, Putin is, uh, Putin's not going anywhere, right? I mean, how how what what kind of plan do they have to do that I don't...
1: It, well I mean it's a poor quality it's a poor thought through plan it, it's a you know that there, there's a variety of ways that that Ukraine has been used to create destabilization um for Russia um but really, the the key objective has been to surround Russia with mm. ballistic missiles. Putin even called right. this out on february twenty first. He's been saying this again and again for the past fifteen years. People haven't haven't listened to him. But he's been very clearly pointing out that all of the the Russian intelligentsia, um people like Lavrov, Shoigu, many others who are looking at the growth of nato, they they could very clearly see that the u s. Uh, policy militarily, has been to surround Russia with the missile shield, with the idea of having a preemptive nuclear first strike option uh, held by the U.S. military industrial complex, T- with the idea that you know by 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 positioning all of these forward basings, Mo- Moscow, the capital of Russia, is only 300 miles away from the border of of, of Ukraine. You know, imagine if Ukraine was a part of of uh, NATO. That that is like several seconds to shoot a missile to the capital of Russia um which is the Poland is al- already Putin has
0: is, he just doesn't want that he, he just doesn't he's not going to have it right he's just not going to have that
1: he's not going to have that and, and he made it clear that you know he gave a whole bunch of different options for the past eight years to get out of this uh in a very diplomatic way by you know he helped sure. facilitate the, the creation of the Minsk uh two uh Accords that would have involved a very peaceful solution where Ukraine simply agrees on paper not to ever be a part of NATO and simply acknowledges a certain autonomous status of the East Donbass region, which is mostly ethnic Russians, people who speak Russian. I mean, they they voted 96% of the population in Lugansk in 2014 to uh, become an autonomous republic. And it's been eight years that Putin has chosen to say, no, stay with Ukraine, stay with Ukraine. And it's only now Um, on February 22nd, that he said, okay, we will recognize you as you have have voted. 96% of your population have voted. Why? Because there has been a major Nazi problem of stay-behinds who have been managed by Western intelligence since World War II, unrepentant. These are people who have been led to believe that the big bad guy of World War II was not Hitler, but was Russia. And they have been wanting to carry out jihad against Russia to ethnically cleanse Ukraine as part of this... Uh, Nazi, you know, idea of a pure nation, a blood and soil nation. They used the blood and soil red and black flag, for example, of the organization of Ukrainian nationalists, of Stefan Bandera, which had killed thousands of not just Jews, but Poles and ethnic Russians in World War II, simply because they were not the right right, uh, race. So... These are people who still do it. They have Nazi swastikas. That's what the Azov battalion actually represents. The Trident group, the C-14, all of these these endless torched marches on the streets of of Kiev that we've seen every year.
0: This is almost like something that had to happen. It was just waiting to happen. And this is just the time, right? I mean, Putin...
1: I mean, it got really bad. Look, the bio, the bio labs are a big one. I think that Russia has been very, very concerned, as have the Chinese of the international array. I think there's over 200 uh, U.S. departments of Department of Defense funded bio labs outside of the U.S. Wow. itself. Wow. Uh, many of them. I, I, I've i seen different calculations, but I've, I think that the that there's an agreement that there's around 30 in Ukraine that have been mostly all taken over at this point by the Russians. Um, there's a lot in Georgia, there's a lot surrounding China. And I think up until now, the whole pandemic for the past two years has been treated by people are wondering why did Russia and China react the way they have in a sort of over the top way in some ways to the the pandemic. And and it confuses a lot of people because they're like, oh, that's just proof that they are also in on the great reset agenda. And it's like, well, no, if you look at the writings of Lavrov or the foreign ministry of China since the very start of this pandemic. They have been treating this thing like it is a potential U.S.-launched bioweapon that has uh, racial or genetic targeting of the Slavic and Han uh, Chinese uh, ethnic stock, um, which has been something that the neoconservative group, people like uh, Kagan, um, Victoria Newland's husband, Robert Kagan, uh, authored directly as part of the the rebuilding Americans def- America's defenses in the year 2000 October he literally openly called for this is a project for new American century program for conducting 21st century warfare using a focus on cyber warfare and ethnic targeting of uh, biologically manipulated um, bacteria so, so and these, other things
0: so these people uh, Matthew were were planning mm-hmm. to use this bio stuff on Russia someday I mean and Putin knew this
1: they already were I mean look there's mm-hmm. already evidence that livestock all over Russia or especially around the perimeter wow. of uh of Russia's South around Ukraine had suffered all sorts of strange diseases uh avian flu killing chickens and pigs and cattle um there's 450 people in East Donbass who all died in a similar like square like square mile radius 450 people died of some weird pathogen um, earlier a couple of years ago. So there's all sorts of cases where they've already been testing out things and preparing for a broader assault. There's a variety of of weaponized bugs that they've been building and even talking about. DARPA has been writing weaponized about their research.
0: Bugs? Team. Weaponized bugs? Really?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can take mosquitoes right. and genetically mm-hmm. modify them to be carriers of various viral pathogens. I mean, things that are just highly um dangerous. Um Malaria, other things that, that are even more virulent or that even just target um, specific um, ethnicities. Rogozin, uh, Dmitry Rogozin, who heads Roscosmos and also is the head of the uh, the Bioweapons Commission of Russia. Um, he wrote extensively about this just uh, this week, uh, saying it is no secret for the leadership. I got his quote here. It is no secret for the leadership of our country that the purpose of, of these biological experiments conducted by the Pentagon Using biomaterials obtained from the experimental Slavic and Ukraine of Ukraine and other countries neighboring Russia is to develop an ethnic bioweapon against the Russian population of Russia. Um, China has been doing the same thing. That, that's that's again their foreign ministry spokesman way back in February of 2020 was already tweeting um articles by larry romanov on global research warning about this this program and how it has evolved over the past 20 years um, so yeah i mean they're very concerned and uh, the fact that russia has gone in has taken control as far as we could see even though the the west has found time to i think burn and destroy a lot of the hard evidence um we saw victoria newland herself admit last or two weeks ago um or a week and a half ago Uh, when confronted with uh you know on the senate committee on uh, she basically admitted yeah the u.s has bio labs she calls them bioresearch facilities with things that are very concerning might fall into russian hands but they're very benign but they're if they fall into russian hands they're very dangerous bioweapons but when we control them they're they're these benign research scientific you know things nothing nothing dangerous um she just got caught in a lie and was forced to admit what the fact checkers have been saying is is wrong you know, they've, they've we've all been told by fact checkers, <laughs> armies of fact checkers, that there's no such thing as biolabs in Ukraine. It's all it's all uh, Russian psyop. And it's like the Hunter Biden laptop. You know, it's, we were right. told the same thing about that, too. And now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that was that was real the whole time. We knew it. Uh, sorry. So Matthew, uh, <laughs> That's another thing, too. Right. I mentioned this guy, wow. Igor Kolomovsky. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but this is That's a big right. one. I just said the Hunter Biden laptop. But this, this billionaire um, who I mentioned has been funding Azov, has funded the career of Zelensky. I was just reading an article. Uh, going through how he is also the primary owner through two shell companies in the Cayman Islands of Barissima Holdings. The thing which Hunter Biden got $3 million for and, you know, was paid $50,000 a month sitting on the board of directors, which we know from his laptop, a lot of that went to his own father, who was the one who bragged at the Council on Foreign Relations, um, America's Chatham House, that uh, that he got the Ukrainian prosecutor general fired for... in investigating Burisma and I'm fired was he said openly on, on camera that I threatened to hold back a billion dollar loan to Ukraine unless they got this guy uh, uh ousted and lo and behold by by dog I, uh, I was I got the news that they got a better guy in they got they got the guy uh, investigating my son out and he was on camera at the CFR bragging about this and um you, uh, so it's graft
0: how yeah. significant do you think this this uh uh, uh this idea or not idea but the fact that uh, 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 Putin has used a couple of these supersonic interballistic missile things—that's um, that's a big deal, right?
1: I don't. I I don't know. I mean, he he has demonstrated a, an amazing, surprising array of new technologies that have starting. in, I think the first wave of these new technologies uh, was unveiled in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, as a message to the West, that look your your idea of full spectrum dominance is outdated. You're using an, an obsolete model. Stop pull uh-huh. back now uh-huh. um, because we have. I'll just tell you now, <laughs> we have we superson- hypersonic missiles um, that can go many times faster than the speed of sound with a nuclear warhead. Um, we've got underwater drones that can also travel faster than you can imagine. Um, we've got and he just unveiled a whole spectrum of technologies that would just demonstrate that this idea of, of of containing russia or or having a nuclear first strike with a monopoly by the west is is foolish and obsolete it doesn't work they would be able to take out yes it's like yeah maybe you could destroy a lot of russia but not without accepting the fact that you would be obliterated um on and every country and the same thing you know when zelensky came out and said on february 19th in munich that uh that Ukraine must have a nuclear weapon if they can't immediately get into NATO and they have the ability to build a nuclear weapon. In fact, I've seen evidence now that the Russians um, have uncovered um, operations in the Chernobyl nuclear uh, reactor region, which had underground uh, hidden um, uh, uh, laboratories building and preparing the refinement of nuclear weaponry, um, which is illegal, according to certain treaties that had been signed in the 1990s. Um, Japan also said something similar just a couple of weeks ago. The head of Japan, who also has a grandfather who worked with the Nazis, I mean, the the, the fascist problem wasn't just Ukraine. It was also look at the Japanese. They 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 celebrate their their fascist uh, World War II collaborators as war heroes and national heroes. The Shinzo Abe's grandfather was a leading Nazi or uh, Japanese fascist who carried out genocide. Um, and he, you know they have Abe just said that japan must change its constitution which has been which prohibits the use of or japan owning nuclear weapons and said and and he said no we need to have nuclear weapons to defend ourselves from china and you know he also said that that the u.s military must defend taiwan um fully which the u.s military just like ukraine the taiwan thing is almost the same thing it's recognized as part of china it's like an autonomous province kind of like you know but uh, but despite that, they they're doing billions of dollars of weapons deals with the U.S. military as part of a broader U.S. full spectrum military uh, containment of China on the Pacific side, which Obama really uh, drove into turbo mode. And uh, the fact that the Japanese are uh, are so willingly part of this Pacific NATO idea of the Quad, you know, mm-hmm. of having uh, Australia, India. Japan, Taiwan as part of an anti-China US controlled missile shield to attack China. That's also there. But China has also, just like Russia, China has said, look, we also have hypersonic missiles. They they recently conducted a display a few months ago where they launched a hypersonic missile fully around the earth and hit, missed the target by like 60 miles or something super ridiculously close. And that just shocked the US because they can't even get their similar, they've tried to get hypersonic missiles going and they just like blow up on launch. You know, they can't get them to like even really? get anywhere near you, their you, uh, their targets do
0: you think it's safe to say that um uh, as far as all of the um, different uh, uh, what do they call these restrictions they are putting on uh, sanctions on Russia that Putin knew or believes that China ha- would have his back before he did any of this thing financially I mean oh yeah I mean he, he I had it. to know that right he had to know.
1: Yeah, and that, thats you know, I mean, the U.S. The, the amount of dimwittedness from people like Sullivan and uh, and his and Blinken in that crowd is is wild. I, I mean, the lack of insight they seem to exhibit on this is is, is shocking because they really did seem to think that they could threaten China into condemning Russia, and to China made it very clear, like we're not going to do that. Um, we we support Russia <laughs> fully. And, uh, and now they're sanctioning China. They, you know, they're actually beginning a process of ec- full-blown economic warfare saying, oh, yeah, it has nothing to do with Ukraine. It's just because you're conducting genocide on your uh, your Xinjiang region, uh, you know, Muslim population, as if the Americans really care about so these, the Muslim so population. So these
0: Looney Tunes really, it almost, it seems like, Matthew Erick, that every move that they make, they just, they want World War III. It's almost like they want some kind of big blowout. I mean, is that possible i don't know what that well, means playing a war game three. of uh, a
1: yeah. nuclear chicken in some ways yeah like part one of the strategies here is like we're local like like just submit to world government submit to the the depopulation agenda it's going to be so much easier on you because we're local and uh and they're playing you know chicken with nuclear weapons so on the, on the one hand you do have a little bit of that mm-hmm. on the other hand they don't really want nuclear war like the oligarchy themselves as i said they're control freaks they don't like um, factors of risk or uncalculab- uncalculable circumstances that f- that cause the system to fall into um, unpredictable modes. Nuclear war is a highly unpredictable situation. Yeah. And there's a lot of collateral damage, including a lot of castles, a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot of the things that a, a lot of their own self-interest will be undermined by unleashing that. I think that that is the most the least desirable scenario in their tool basket right now. Right. Their primary scenario that they're pushing for currently seems to be um tied to this new iron curtain. So try to provoke Russia, provoke China to do oh yeah, sorry.
0: No, no, I was saying they just want to kind of close them in. That's what I, my motion was. They want to close them in. I mean look
1: at all the countries that were not yeah, I mean, all of it, Biden had a democracy summit, you know, a, a summit of all the world democracies to support the uh, rules-based international order in uh, early December of last year. And uh, half the world was not invited. And if you look at those countries that were not invited, um, it's pretty much all countries that have a, a friendly relationship to Russia and or China and are very openly working on the Belt and Road Initiative or, or synergistic type of policies that are BRI-friendly. Uh, that are It's increasingly a, a new financial architecture and a way of, of conducting foreign policy outside of the unipolar order, which is collapsing here in the West. Um, but it's based upon a different paradigm of self-interest, banking. Everything is very different there than it is here. And that's why uh, what they're trying, I think, currently to do is set up sort of like a wall, um, erect a wall uh, in order to reduce the chances of nations within their, you know, five eyes NATO cage from jumping ship under a time of crisis. Because when the banking system blows out, it's going to be bad. And a lot of people and a lot of countries, especially the ones in Eastern Europe, a lot of South American, Latin American countries especially will be very much inclined to survive even if that means jumping to the only viable floating boat in town, which is the Eurasian greater partnership. And so they're trying to reduce the chances of that happening, because as soon as one or two countries start doing that, it creates an example where many other countries start like, doing like the Venezuela
0: same. Venezuela or Brazil and these countries. Oh, they countries. would easily do that. So they, they would just oh, yeah. blow with, they'd go with them, right? In a second. Yeah, yeah Mexico under, under AMLO, sure. probably. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Not even
1: probably. Yeah, yeah. guaranteed they would. Um, a lot of the U.S. I mean, that's part of why they 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 were petrified of, of Trump, to, because Trump was moving the U.S. into a situation of synergy economically with China, and um, and even though he used ugly language sometimes, if you look at what he was doing, hmm. he was signing the U.S.-China trade deal, which first of all destroyed the Obama TPP free trade zone uh, you know the corporate-run trade deal of the Pacific. He destroyed that, which was really good for China because that gave them the breathing space to recruit more nations into the BRI and uh, and and keep national sovereignty above the control of private corporations, which the TPP was doing the opposite. It, it gave private corporations the right to, to sue sovereign nation states for breaking free trade protocols. Um, but he, he signed the first trench, the first phase of a multi-phase U.S.-China trade deal in, in January 2020, the first month that this pandemic thing was released um, which involved the chinese agreeing to buy 350 billion dollars of u.s finished goods which would be the the impetus to heal and build back not build back better but build back the destroyed manufacturing plants of detroit of michigan of philadelphia and all of the other parts of the u.s that have been devastated by 50 years of globalization self-induced atrophy so that was part of the healing process because you need a market you can't just it's not so easy to undo 50 years of atrophy you you re- it requires the type of robust growth model um, and new markets being created by the the china bri model which is tied very closely to the russian eurasian economic union um you need to have that and that's why george soros went to davos and said the two greatest threats to his open society is trump's usa and xi jinping's china because of that that danger of the u.s and so it's important for listeners today to realize that there's been a massive psyop propaganda effort that has been utilizing things like epoch times there's been many instruments that have shaped the even um newsmax and other smaller but quasi mainstream so
0: alternative news- yeah so-called alternative Yeah, that have yeah. done good good
1: reporting they've done a lot of good reporting there's a reason you should like them because uh, in terms of what they've you know exposed about klaus schwab and all that stuff and and the overthrow of, of Trump and the illegal activities of, of the elections. That's all good. But when it comes to foreign policy, there has been a psyop to get everyone who is especially of an alternative media bent yes, to think that the global supervillain is not this old nobility, this this British imperial elite uh, that's been trying to take over and and reabsorb the USA back into the, the, the world empire and undo 1776. It's not like that. Don't look at that it's all evil China or Venezuela or Russia. These are the big, these are the actual villains you have to be afraid of and hate and even give your consent to uh, an aggressive war against if need be, which a lot of people think they they're, they're being patriotic by supporting the Ukrainians against the big bad Russian invaders or the the Taiwanese against the big bad Chinese. And it's like, no, it, it's you're being played. You
0: talk about plagued. a psyop. I mean, probably 99% of the media is uh, Matthew is, is Russia is the, is the bad guy, right? 99.9 percent. <sighs> I mean, you don't see anybody yeah. except people like you, Saker, where I go to Saker. Huh? Um, phew, man, they got it covered, don't they? They've really got this one covered. <laughs> I
1: mean, there's, I mean, I think people are are increasingly waking up to it. I, I've yeah. gotten a lot of receptivity from. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we've been on, on Mel K's show uh, oh, yeah, yeah. a few yeah, times cool. now, and um, there's other people like Sean Morgan and others who are part of the alternative conservative uh, media crowd who have been, you know, they've increasingly woken up and, and have realized that they've been played yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, by this, this five eyes run PSYOP um, and are, are really hungry now to get a sense of how this oligarchy actually, what is the structure of power? How does it work historically? What are the cases of various nations including especially the USA but also Russia or China at different points in the past have uh resisted the the new world order you know going back to sun yat sen's um revolution in in republican revolution of china in 1911 this was sun yat sen a confucian christian follower of lincoln who led the uh the liberation of the chinese and the overthrow of the hereditary systems of the manchus modeled explicitly on lincoln's american system that's what he writes about um that was the foundation this is this is a guy who is his statues are all over china you know there's there's shrines to him he's a national hero of china and it makes it more human because we've been all led yeah. we've been triggered by this um cold war formula that's been that's been playing americans for a long time on their weaknesses of seeing all chinese as these like a like communist atheistic uh, borg like automatons that just want to control you right like a machine yeah. And it's like no, there's there's this deeper five thousand multi like ancient civilizational heritage, so way back,
0: yeah. so, Matthew, way back we that
1: have, also cherishes the the American Revolution through Sun Yat Sen.
0: We just have a That's few minutes remaining because uh, we ha- we yeah. have another show on tap. So, sure. so what do you what do you think though? And just you know, if we spend another five minutes or so, um, just your opinion. I, uh, where do you think this thing goes? I mean, Russia is going to try to, I guess, install their own guys in. Zelensky, right? They're going to try to just sew up um, uh, Ukraine, I guess. Um, I, I, I guess at this point, he'll never just trust uh, the United States and, and Davos to say that we're never going to put NATO in there, right? He can't trust him at this point, right, to do that. So, what do you think the Davos crowd plan is? I mean, what are they going to do with this guy? I mean, they want to overthrow him. Really, that's what they'd like to do, right? Just
1: I um, yeah. I mean, the the uh, one of the deputy uh, ministers or the people's deputies of Ukraine, what's um, what's Ilya Kiva, yeah. recently warned that there was an Azov coup planned against Zelensky. Um, and uh blew the whistle on that there's apparently been a couple of attempts on Zelensky's life we're being told that it's like the russians uh in fact it seems like the evidence actually points to the fact that the russians have been trying to keep him alive um because they see that you know it it would be very bad if you have scott ritter made a good point on this you know if if Zelensky is is um killed then you would immediately have a government in exile they're, the Russians are trying. They've been trying really hard to keep the, the channels of open dialogue and discourse with Zelensky going, and with the the, the the his group going. And they've had four meetings with Russian diplomats so far to negotiate a peace settlement. Of course, part of the peace settlement requires a full blown denazification program. A form of, I think, a Nuremberg trial uh, style operation would would also be taking place, probably in the borders of Ukraine, as part of what Russia would like. They want a government that also agrees in a legally binding way to not be a part of NATO or host nuclear bombs on their territories. Um, I think with those basic things met and the agreement that, you know, uh, East Donbass, as well as Crimea will be, and Z- Zelensky to a certain degree uh, said, we'll, we'll we'll let our claims to Crimea go. He still hasn't made a budge on uh, East Donbass, but you know, you have to let these, these countries, these areas just be free, but otherwise Russia has gone out of their way to not destroy the civilian infrastructure has minimized civilian collateral damage immensely, even though the, the Azovs are using human shields. I'm seeing that, you know, this is not the thing you want to do for a country. You want to just subdue the way we did Iraq and steal their oil the way we did Iraq. He's still sending oil to Europe through Ukraine and paying Ukraine full transit fees, currently now as we speak uh for the oil passing through Hmm. this is a sign of a diplomatic openness and a desire to continue to have a relationship with this country which again it has uh it's very different but if you have a government in exile in poland let's say which is a basket case colony of nato then that's a much more difficult thing to negotiate with to talk to so they they do want to have Zelensky in i um that's that's a part of the 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 calculus i saw
0: this morning too that uh, Uh, Putin said that, well, we're going to sell our gas for uh, for rubles. Did you see that?
1: (laughs) I did, yeah, 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 he did. Well, he said, yeah, this is a... (laughs) The U.S. has essentially defaulted on, uh, on their obligations to Russia and wow. drawn a line under the reliability of its currencies. And yeah, Gazprom, they're making moves now so that, that, that settlements of gas can be only be made in rubles instead of U.S. dollars. I know Saudi Arabia as well has been making sort of hinting at the possibility of uh, settling oil transactions in yuan yeah. as well. Yeah um that's a big deal that would be a game changer if that happens oh oh, oh,
0: henry kissinger's having a bad bad hair day when that happens right oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) how did this old dude uh hang around so long i mean how old is he 112 old kissinger and he's he's still walking around man
1: He's yeah. like shrinking, like a little raisin, too, right? He's like smaller. He's a really tiny guy when you see him. Really, He's so small.
0: Really,
1: yeah, yeah, I always said, you get this booming voice. I had this idea of him as a big character, but no. When you actually see him, um, he did a conference on the New World Order in Montreal, and uh, at a friend of Biden was uh, <laughs> at the time. She was. Uh, we had media media passes, and uh, she's in the the media pit, and all of a sudden it, things open up, and all of a sudden Kissinger is like walking up through this pathway of people and bounces into her and uh she's like hello mr kissinger <laughs> and she like and he like moves up and he shakes her hand and she's her, her response is you're a lot smaller than you're than i thought you than, were on tv it's
0: amazing how like much little, there's a picture of her and she's, much,
1: not, she's not a, a, a tall girl yeah. at all and there's a picture of her and him and he's just he's so small
0: how do you keep but anyway on? i don't know what keeps
1: him hanging on no it's weird no, it's no, just okay. this passion
0: yeah i it's, it's amazing how much game this guy has after all these years he's boy he's he must have some stuff on a lot of people. I don't know how he stays in there. He must. I don't know yeah. either. Yeah. Well, Matthew, uh, you know it's a brave new world, brother. So keep yeah. on it. Keep on it. Well, uh, tell folks about your website and what they might find there, and that you can get. You have a newsletter thing people can get, right?
1: Yeah, they can go to my Substack, uh, matthewerick.substack.com, the website canadianpatriot.org. Or they can buy my books to uh, all my history books on the, the Clash of the Two Americas or The Untold History of Canada. You can get them. Unfortunately, I, I sell them on Amazon, but if you want to buy them directly <laughs> through me, send an email to me through the website, um, sign copies. Um, that's. But those are all on canadianpatriot.org. Oh, yeah, and then there's risingtidefoundation.net, yeah. which I run with my wife, Cynthia.
0: And you're up there and there in the great uh, country of Canada. And uh, Wow. We, oui, we. Oui. Yeah, yeah, we. Oui. All right, brother, you take care of yourself. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate when you spend time with us. It's always fun, and we always get more than we bargain for with you. So thank you. Appreciate it. It was a pleasure. All right, you, All right, see Patrick. All right, thank Matthew Errett, Patrick Timpone, one com. Okay, we're going to gear up here. Uh, I got a little bit of... Um, uh, Technical stuff to kind of deal with, so I can have a little bit of uh, more headspace to talk to Ray Pete. Um, you know, um, whatever. <laughs> Still working out a few, a few uh, technical things here, but things are coming around. Yeah, when we uh, when we rebooted our um, our whole system here. Things got moved around, but uh, it's you know I'm getting it together. So uh, give me about ten minutes here, about ten minutes, and then uh, we'll have Ray Pete. We have lots of emails, and we're going to get to as many as we can. Uh, so uh, stick around. Um, Ray Pete will be here in about ten minutes. Audio and video on radio network Thanks for your ongoing support. Uh, really appreciate it. I mean it's just amazing that you all just keep buying our products, and I'm just you know I just. Wake up and say, "Wow, amazing, amazing!" Okay, uh, I'll see you in a few minutes. About ten minutes here, it is. Uh, we're live on the twenty third of March, and it's about eleven twenty. We'll see you about eleven thirty or so Central Time with uh, Doctor Ray Pete. Okay, stay right there. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas. This is Juan radionetwork.com